Welcome to the Jamodi Podcast, where we interview coaches and leaders to find out not just what they do, but how they do what they do. Becoming the best version of ourselves is Jamodi, just a matter of doing it. What's one thing you would do differently if you could start over in coaching? I think you just hit it a little bit with your younger self, but what else do you think of? I would um, definitely read more. I would have not, as much fun as it was, I would have not taken a head coach job first. Uh, if I'd had a choice, I didn't really have a choice in. So I just, I took the job to start paying bills once I was married. And, uh, but I think that would be the biggest thing. Um, read more, get outside of who you think you are, quit trying to be people. That was another one thing. I can never be Bobby Knight. Shouldn't try to be, you know, uh, I couldn't be my high school coach. Couldn't be him. I, and I think that's, Maybe that's the best time. I'm going to be a book we write together. What your coaching journey, I think, is finding who you are. And it takes some of us a lot. I mean, this is my 20th year. I'm still not sure exactly who I am coaching. I know what I, I feel like I know what I love. Um, but I think that that's the biggest thing when you start over is just knowing, like, you know, you got to figure out who you are as a coach. And that's hard. Um because you're also trying to do your impact on your players and your, you know, your job. And uh, most of us, I heard this, you know, most of us are coaching high school. You spend 80% of your, 80% of your day doing stuff you don't like because there's 20% of them that you love. Um, and, and that's, you know, that, that's the hard part too for people. And so I, I think the, the first thing I would do is really read um, books that not coaching books. I don't need to read, I don't need to read your story because we have different paths. I can't, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's one of the things young coaches do is they'll go grab biography. You know, let's get Jay Wright's biography. Well, Jay Wright's has some good players at Villanova. I mean, he's a good job, does a great job. Uh, Frank Martin's one of my best buddies. Uh, I love Frank. I can't be Frank. Yeah. I don't, I, I love Frank's journey because he was a high school teacher and made it. That's one of those things that can inspire me. But I think we've got to, I think there's, different roads we have to be inspired but I also think we have to find some intellect and I think that sometimes is away from coaching um everybody can x and o everybody can draw a play I mean you could get on YouTube right now and never get off of it and come up with the greatest playbook library of all time but is that going to help us win games if our players don't trust us and we haven't developed them and again too like it just runs into you gotta have some players you know and so I think early on as a coach, I was so caught up in those two numbers that follow my name the rest of my life. Right. Um, and that that's what I was going to be judged on. You know, can this guy coach? Can he do that? Then I got to where when I had kids, I wanted to be in a place I want my family to grow up, um, which sometimes definitely affects those wins and losses. And now I'm at a point where I just want other coaches not to make mistakes I made, not to you know, um, not to put, not to, not to be the guy that thinks he knows it all. Like I'm still trying to learn something every day. Uh, I work on projects that have nothing to do with my job. You know, it's funny because people are like, "You, why are you doing that for?" And because I love it, because it makes me better, it makes me smarter, it makes me learn things. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm the head coach of Benville West, but that's I don't want that to be just my basketball life. Like I'm getting to talk to you. You know, that that's what I love about basketball. Yeah. Um, it's opened up so many doors and I'm forever grateful. You know, we talk about the ball having magic in it. Um, you know, I, I'm sitting at my desk looking at it. I, I'm the picture of me and Tate's lot. You know, I mean, I've got things like that that just, those are what I would tell my younger self is 
get out of get out from who you think you are and yeah. go do hard things. Um, because I think we were all so afraid to fail that we, we you know, we wouldn't do things that we were, you know, we were not good at. Um, and so that's one of the things I, I think I would tell myself is you got to get out. You got to go do more. You can't just be focused on your team because that team changes. Your job's going to change. You know, and so, yeah, kids make decisions that you didn't see coming and oh, you got to be able to adapt and, and keep going. I tell people, if you really wanted to define insanity, you would say, Let's go spend tens of thousands of dollars and years on a on a degree to coach 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids with three part time guys making the decisions on the rules and five people on a community board deciding whether you keep your job year in or year out. And I was like, that's sign me up know, for that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, that's like when people are like, I can't believe these college coaches make that much money. I'm like, I can good for them. Cause it's, I, I can't imagine the pressure. I mean, the pressure I feel at my level is nowhere close to what those yeah. guys go with. So I think you, you, you nailed it too, is you, knowing your why. I mean, I, I, I didn't have a good why starting out. My why starting out was I wanted to be like some of those coaches that mm-hmm. I had, you know, I, played for coach bliss that was bobby knight's first assistant so i, I kind of saw that that mentality and that framework in, you know in person every day and so starting out that's who i wanted to be and then i realized after a little while, i don't know if that's the right thing for the kids that i'm around like i don't think that they're really benefiting from that and then you, you then you process your journey you go and you realize okay if i do the math can I really be the all-time greatest in my state? And it, can I have the most wins? And then you realize probably not at this point. Like I already am behind. And then you're faced with why am I really doing this? There has to be a greater reason. There has to be a bigger impact. But man, it's so easy to forget that and, and get focused on things that at the end of the day don't matter as much. Oh, you're right. And you know, I, I did a thing uh I, again, going back to the, one of my fun things about the word, like word studies and coach hard. What, what does that even mean? What, what is, what, what does it mean when you say, man, that guy really coaches hard? I mean, does that mean he like cusses and yells or does that mean he yells all the time with the officials? Uh, you know, I'm like, I, I feel like I coach hard, but there's things, you know, like I had a college guy tell me one reason he didn't recruit one of my players because I don't know how hard he can coached. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, he goes, you don't really yell at him that much. And I was like, so that doesn't mean I'm coaching him. And he goes, well, you know, his AAU coach screams all the time. I'm like, well, his AAU coach uh-huh. didn't have a superintendent and AD. You know, like, I mean, come on. But oh, that's just, it's funny. Like, this, like I said, this is my 20th year. It's funny to see where I've been to where I'm at now, but also where the game and our basketball culture has gone. That'd be another, we could go a whole hour on, on Oh, that yeah. Stuff, the idea that yelling is leading. Um, yeah, there's a big misconception there a few years ago in a district game. I mean, looking back, I'm a little ashamed. Like I straight up lost my mind throughout the game. I thought I just had to fight for my guys in the way that, you know, oh, against officials and just yelling and stuff. And I remember, I think, my, you know, somebody high up in my school after the game say, man, you're really coaching them up. And I, I was already in a mindset of, I'm a little bit embarrassed of what I just did, but how many coaches out there are, that's what they've either seen. That's what they're getting positive reinforcement doing. And so the, you know, learning from people that like, like a, 
Tyler Costin, who talks about Popovich, who sits there pretty much quietly most of the game, but don't don't confuse that with not caring mm-hmm. or not coaching hard. Yeah. You know, and that, um, I know we were talking about uh, our, our things that we have in our program um, that, you know, just kind of make us different and also um, our non-negotiables, things like that. Like our number one non-negotiable is gratitude. Mm. And and we because uh, I'm a Snow Valley guy, which is a badge I wear with major honor. Uh, we play cutthroat. One of the rules is you thank the passer. We will sub a player out if they score off an assist and don't point and thank their teammate. Two years ago, young man comes in, catches the pass, lays it up, turns and points at his teammate. Official, bam, technical for taunting, and I lose it. I go from the opposite end. I am. I come through. Mackie stands up. That's the textbook offensive lineman up under the armpit, <laughs> you know, trying to hold him off. And I'm. I'm swimming. I'm going to get him. And I. And the referee looks at me, and I said, "That no." And I said, "We do that every play. That is not a taunt. That is a taught skill, gratitude." And I'm going. I said, "You're going to run me over this." I'm going because you know my players. I said, "We're going to do it every time." The rest of the game, we kept doing it, and just because I'm spiteful at times, I sent our head of officials um, five years of clips of assist and every kid pointing. And I said, you need to tell your, t- you know, we're going to do it. We're going to continue to do it. And so um, gratitude is our biggest thing. And, and last year, it even, I think, again, going back to what good COVID was for us, it magnified and, and really um, amped up gratitude because every day we got together I would say we get to practice today man we get to play today yeah. you know like you know it was such such for the first time, time ever we know we our guys really knew because we always tell them it's going to be over yeah. in a day this could be taken away but it rarely is taken away and sure. yes in four years it's over or eight years depending but it was truly taken away. And so that message is more powerful than ever before. I, I completely get with you there. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we talk about when you're when you show gratitude, we, we watch it. We want something that you can, mon- that oh, I hate to say monitor. We want something like it's evidence that you can show, that I can show you that I really believe in gratitude in our program. If you're with our team at our meal and one of our players forgets to thank the waiter or the person taking their order at Wendy's or where we stop on the bus. We have a conversation about that because that it's, and it's just, you know, if when I talk to them and they give me some, I always say, make sure I say, thank you. You think, you know, thank the trainer. He didn't have to wrap your nasty ankle. You know, I've seen some of your feet, you know what I mean? Like you thank people. And because, and I told myself, because if you live with a thankful heart and a thankful for what you get to do, it changes your attitude about everything. I was like, Mm -hmm. We get to practice. We get to play. I mean, I heard stories from all over the country. A friend of mine, the school nurse chased the bus down in her car to get three kids off on the way to a game. And they had, and then they ended up losing, you know, 10 games of, of their season gone because they had to quarantine and stuff like I mean, just nightmare stories. And so just that gratitude really amplified in magnitude this year for us. That's our that's probably our biggest, I won't say it's our only non-negotiable but that has solved so many problems for us just living in gratitude that that's that's definitely our number one thing you know if you say what's the if anybody left if you were interviewing any players and they said what's the one thing you remember you know a lot of them are going to say thank the pastor you know um i joke like if i let 
I saw a guy pulling out of our parking lot one day and he didn't wave at me. I call him, hey man. I said, I just let you pull out. It's like an assist, you know, an assist. He, oh, I'm fault, coach, you know. And so always I, life kid, lessons. Always life kids lessons. kids laugh. I'm driving. Somebody lets me pull out. I, they get a point. Now, that guy didn't know what I'm pointing at him for, but that's, you know, you think that's it. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.